March is full of madness, and the ACC is showing why they are the best conference in the country when it comes to hoops. They are dominating on both the men's and women's side. We'll talk about who's still dancing today and why you should get excited about each one of these bad boys. Locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by my co-host on Monday's Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat. Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports, dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. Kenton, how you feeling? How was your weekend? It was it was a weekend, and um <laughs> it was, you know, not not being obligated to work was nice. So there's there's always some value in just the day, Saturday and Sunday being bought up. Well, no doubt, but you didn't get an opportunity to work because I'm sure you were covering the NC State women's game as they advanced to the next round with ease, and so that was exciting. Oh, yeah, but but sports journalism never feels like work for me. It's, uh, you know, regardless of how much I get paid to do it, I'm like, well, you know, they pay me a lot to have fun. So uh, it, it really, it was a, a great game to see, and and uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little later. But, man, the ACC showed they hold behind. I mean, that's the type that I have. <laughs> That I have mom and dad talking about if I got to come off work and see you up there, it's going to be trouble, trouble. (laughs) No doubt about that. Well, let's get right into it. We're going to talk about all the teams that made it through, but more importantly, recap all of the teams that participated in the round of 32. Let's talk about North Carolina and Baylor to start one of the most hot, like highlighted games of the weekend. Super controversy when it came to officiating, but we came to learn that that pretty much was just around the entire NCAA tournament that officiating was a little sketchy. But we start with Baylor, North Carolina. Baylor, number one seed. North Carolina, number eight seed. I personally felt like, you know, it had been a fun ride for the Heels, but I had no expectations for this game. I felt like they were going to lose. But then you have North Carolina coming out hot. Brady Manick said, I'm going to play in front of my family, and I'm going to dominate best I can. And he did just that. He was going to go probably off for 40 if he had been able to finish the entire game. Fortunately, he got a flagrant two-call elbow to the face, which was a little bit questionable, but hey, they ejected him. So you now have no Brady Manic. You're up 25. Then you got your guy, Caleb Love, fouling out with 10 minutes left in the game. It's a lot of everything going wrong. Did Baylor march back? They sure did. They ended up having to go to overtime. And you said, listen, Carolina, it's been real. Thanks for playing. But here we have Don Trestal hitting a three out of overtime, and boom, there we are fighting tooth and nail to get back in this game and ultimately come out with the win 93 to 86. How special was that win for North Carolina Kenton? Oh, it was extremely special. It was extremely special. You know, I, I have certain friends who are under the belief that every year the the belief is that uh, if the Tar Heels don't win a national championship, it's a failure. And to those friends, I would like to say, I would like to quote a Tar Heel, stop it, get some help. Um, the reality is nobody expected this team to be Baylor. Nobody. There was not a single soul outside of that locker room that was expecting them to be Baylor. And they went on to do so. They went on to have uh, the thing that we we talked about so much with Carolina. It's all about the guard play. 
What yeah. do the guards do? Caleb Love showed precious little, but RJ Davis said, oh, y'all don't know which way to go. I'll make it easy. Follow me. I'll show y'all where we need to go, where we need to get into it, and how we need to get into it. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anybody says. Nobody can take away from them that they took down a number one seed, a defending yeah. national champion, a yeah. team that stormed back. And normally the uh, momentum goes the other way in overtime, but they took care of it. Yeah, and you know it's crazy when you talk about R.J. Davis finishing with 30 points on the night. He just comes alive when the team is feeling the energy. I think he runs and feeds off other players, and you could just tell the way they were energetic about it. He was just like, all right, I'm matching, and then I'm exceeding said energy. But, again, Brady made it 26 points and ejected. Can you imagine how many points he would have had had he stayed into the game? But that momentum shift, even in the post-locker room, you can tell he was just relieved, a little bit sad almost, that he didn't feel like he helped his team enough. And I'm sitting here like, bro, only reason they're in this game is because of a lot of the points that you put up. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was. I think that that was a really bad ejection. I think in, mm-hmm. in this moment, with everything that was going on there, you do not uh, eject a guy for that. I'm not saying that the elbow was clean. I'm not saying that it didn't deserve a flagrant, but a flagrant two for that. I'm not sure. Like even during the regular season, even if it was first game of the year and it was um uh nc state versus the southeast directional school uh for the differently able i wouldn't say oh yeah that's a flagrant too every day of the week it it just wasn't so you know i i I thought that it was a a tough call that ended up uh with with carolina on the very short end of the stick yeah no doubt about that and then you see it 14 13 points coming off from the bench which you're saying to yourself 13 points off the bench that's not that great but when you know that your bench is only puff johnson justin mccoy and freaking uh Dante's style you're just happy to be here like we i just knew that carolina was gonna trick this game off i just knew it i knew when the baylor came back that it was just gonna be like all right this is how the story goes but did you notice or maybe it was just me like every team that was the higher seed somehow just like either got back into games and ended up winning throughout the entire tournament on the men's side or was able to like barely squeak out with a loss or how it would go i just felt like the officiating was very lopsided for the higher seeded teams you know i i will say this the officiating in that game was poor and anybody who says the officiating was poor for both sides you objectively were not watching that game. I mean, no disrespect to the young man. I'm sure that he's going to go on to to become a much better player than what he is right now. And he's already a, a plenty good player. But uh, what what is this young man's name? Uh, Sochan? Is it is it Jeremy Sochan or Sohan? How, how do we pronounce Sohan. that? Mm-hmm. Sohan. Sohan. Mr. Sohan was dragging players down to the floor with him every time he went down. Somebody was coming down with him. Jeremy said, I ain't going by myself. No, nah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what y'all thought this was, but it, you know, yeah. if, if your friends jump off a cliff, you got to jump with me. Come on. And yeah. for whatever reason, that was never called. And it's like, all right, if it happens one time, sure. You right. you don't see it, whatever. The time where Baycott got, there was a double foul and Baycott got, I want to say, a, a tech off that. I'm like, what what's going on here? This is the second time this has happened. Or this, this is, okay, fine. This is the first time that happened. It happened multiple times after that. Never a call. Never yeah. a call. Yeah. After a free throw. In which they weren't even supposed to be boxing out. <laughs> he goes down and does it. And everybody's just like, all right, well, this is just it. There's no like, reason that a grown man like that should not be on his feet at multiple times. Like, why are you why are you staying on the floor? It ain't a slippery, yeah. you know, gym, none of that. Like, I do not understand. Again, I, I don't understand how that isn't called a foul, but you know, it, it's the and, and again, this is this is I tell people all the time, anyone who says, Oh, the refs can't affect the game, 
you're a liar. Yes, Carolina <laughs> came away with this win, but we saw a very different outcome in a team that is in the same conference that was in a similar situation. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think overall, I have been ragging on this Carolina team all season about their heart, lack of, you know, one want to or just not able to get up. And you can't tell me otherwise that in some parts of the season, they've had a little bit of a, a gut check in terms of who they are and what they want their identity to be. After these two games, Marquette, I said, okay, they want to be about something. But seriously, after this Baylor game, I was like, all right, I might, I might be a believer. Not all the way, but I'm, a, I'm more of a believer than I was before. You know, I I mean, at this point in time, it, you're a Sweet 16 team. Like, what what is there not to believe? Like, it, I mean, objectively, even if they beat a, a really bad team that got into the eight seed and the one seed got beat by the 16 and all they had to do was be the 16 seed, at the end of the day, it don't matter. It, the labor pains, how you got there doesn't matter. Do you have the baby is the question. And they've got the baby, so you can't really say too much about it. This is fair, but also my UCLA bracket, I had UCLA winning the whole thing. So for Friday, I was going to talk about it. I was going to talk about it. So what? <laughs> for the sake what? for the sake of the draw, I will be okay if my bracket gets busted because it was already busted after Kentucky. They screwed it for me. Then Auburn almost tricked it up. Auburn did trick it off for me. So that's a whole other thing. But we'll get to that game as well. But first, I want to remind you guys about Stat Hero. As I mentioned, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Stat Hero, where, listen, we love all of the high-energy games that we get to see time and time again, but we also love being able to play Stat Hero. It gives you the advantage resulting in game winners four times more often because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who and what you are going up against. Take back control from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage to start focusing on the players that you know best with the gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take head to head. The This stat hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports fixed. This is what Daily's Fantasy was meant to be. Sign up right now at stathero.com slash locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com using promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. You seriously can't beat it. All right, guys, Kenton Gibbs here of Locked on Wolfpack. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. We're rocking and rolling. We're talking about the ACC and how well they did on the men's side. We've got a couple more games happening to go over on the men before we jump to the women. But let's talk about Sunday matchups for the men. We had Miami, excuse me, Michigan State and Duke. Duke pulling out an 85-76 victory. And, of course, you saw the tears from Coach K, and you're saying to yourself, man, he is really relishing in the fact that this is the end-all, be-all. And, of course, a title would be the cherry on top. I don't know if this Duke team is going to do it, but they survive and they absolutely advance. I uh, now we we y'all know me now. We had to <laughs> we had to talk about the officiating in the uh, in the North Carolina game. I'm not saying that uh, that there were not some creative calls to help Michigan State and and Duke get together in this matchup. I'm not saying that that mm. didn't happen. With that being said, I think that this game was a, a very very um, it was a very entertaining game, and I think that uh, folks who are on the on the and I know we're talking ACC, but I got to talk about Michigan State here just for a second, just to draw a parallel. Okay. The reality is, uh, Izzo has had a couple of quote unquote down years, and so people are like, "Oh, well, should, does the program?" Certain people are saying, "Does the program need to move on?" Look at look at the guy across from Izzo in that game, and look what's happened with him. 
every year was not a, a up year for Coach K. Last year, they were in the bottom five of the ACC. Just last year. But we can blame COVID for that, right? Okay. Also, so, though, so all has, the Michigan other State, has Michigan State ever won a national championship? All right, so I'm going to pretend like you didn't say that, and we're going to keep going. No, I'm being dead serious. They've won multiple. With they, Izzo? Oh, my God. Candace. Stop Why are you it. saying that we're, like that with Izzo? Yes. Yes. It's How a many? pretty big deal. <laughs> I, I want to say at least one or two, at least. I don't think but, so. But the, huh? I don't think two. I mean, either way, he's he's been an excellent coach for them for, for quite some time. Being an excellent coach and winning a national championship are two different things. I mean, but the, the fact of the matter is you don't get rid of a coach who's led you to multiple final. I know for a fact he has at least three or four final four appearances. And to have that on your resume with a national championship, you don't really walk away from that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking it up right now because it's bothering me. Tom Izzo, let's see here. Uh, 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 uh. So he has one national championship and eight Final Four appearances. Okay. That's what I thought. 2000. All right. So it ain't like he's been there every year and he's freaking won every year. I'm not saying that he's been there one every year. That's not a realistic standard so for he, any he's, coach. So he's coach. He's the coach Beheim of the ACC. Like I'm sorry, I don't know you know Big Ten like that. I don't know Tom Izzo like that. I'm not studying him. I cover the ACC for a reason. My bad. I also am not a big hoop fan. My freaking bad. But I will say, Izzo is always the one who's like, oh, top of mind. He's such a damn good coach. As after some point, Coach K has five of these bad boys. How many does Coach Roy have? Are they they're in a separate bracket? How how many does Roy have? Roy has like four. Oh okay, all right, all right. Yeah, he's um, assistant in Kansas. Yeah, I, again, I I I, Coach Izzo is he is that's not a a one off or a like hey we can just go replace him and and he it's time for the program to move on from him. He's a lifer. He's a lifer. He's a do it until he doesn't want to do it anymore type of guy. He's earned that. And again. Even if you're not looking at five national championships, eight Final Fours, that's again, that's not something that you just say, oh, yeah, we can get that anywhere. And oh, yeah, the, the Flintstones were just that great that uh, regardless of who the coach was, they were going to the Final Four. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, that's Duke won this game. So let's maybe talk about them. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just wanted to get out that, you know, folks who were looking at, at, at coaches on saying, oh, it, it may be time, knock it off. Again, no coach is, is should be expected to have an up year every year. But now, on to Duke. Duke did what we expected them to do as far as just being wildly balanced. Wildly balanced. You could get it from everywhere. You have Paolo scoring from all over the floor. Wendell Moore Jr. in front of the perimeter. Williams on the inside. I mean, and I forgot Roach as well. They This team showed a balance in this game that they had not shown uh, for – it had not been an all-season thing to see all of these guys show up at the same time. And against the quality Michigan State team, that's important. That's what you need when it gets to this time of the year because you're not going to have just one or two players carry you at this stage. You know, we just talked about the UNC game. Look at the work that Manic did before he got put out. R.J. Davis put up 30. Baycott was dominating the down low. The boards were his. The paint was his. So, you know, the, the reality is you need balance when you're looking at these situations, and, and they had it. 
Absolutely. So we're going to jump and talk about Notre Dame, Texas Tech quickly. 59-53 Notre Dame. Unfortunately did not win, but this Texas Tech team will face Duke coming up here. And I think you just see a very gritty team. Kind of reminds me of Virginia in terms of low scoring, but giving you everything they got. It'll be a tough matchup for the Blue Devils. You know, we when we look at that Notre Dame game, that's the game with the interesting calls that went the other way. Because there were a lot of calls at the end of that game where you're looking up and you're like, wait a minute, what, what's going on here? What is this? And don't get me wrong, credit to Texas Tech. They played a very, very good game. Texas Tech is um, another one of those teams that just, they've got a little bit of something everywhere. And to think that this roster was completely retooled in the last year or two, I mean, they had a, a Final Four run in 2019. Only one player from that team is left. That is absolutely amazing. So, you know, this this Duke team is there. They, it's going to be a situation where um, Duke is going to be the more talented team. Player for player, man for man, who's, whose players are going to have longer careers in the NBA? It'll be Duke. But with that being said, what is what is going to become of this game? Which Duke are we going to see? Are we going to see the Duke from the ACC tournament? Or are we going to see the Duke that we've seen in the NCAA tournament so far? And Joe Giglio of 99.9 The Fan brought up a good point when he tweeted out, and I agreed with it in saying that Duke is so used – their players are so used to playing other elite AAU-type guys to where it's like you want to go head-to-head and you, know, you want to have runs with the best of the best. Texas Tech is not that team. And so will Duke be able to step up and kind of match that energy? And if they, are, they see themselves as being the more dominant, but in tournaments like this – there's nothing more th- like a team like Texas Tech thrives off better than to know they can step up and go toe to toe with a Duke like St. Peter's. They're not scared of anything. Boys from New Jersey and New York, they've literally have to deal with life issues, you know, beyond. Not to say that Duke doesn't, but a little different scale, right? So I think it's just will Duke be able to play with these boys or run them out of the gym? We'll we'll certainly have to see there. Want to talk about Miami and Auburn. Miami picking up the big win, 79-61. Nobody expected the Hurricanes to win, except maybe the Hurricanes. And it was a great game to watch, to me, seeing the ACC dominate. But more importantly, how everyone had hyped the SEC up so much. And yet, when I was watching that game, I saw Auburn give up. Like, in a in a tournament to where every literally every second counts <laughs> – I felt like with a minute left, they felt like there was no hope and you could see it on all of their faces. They were just playing out of sorts every single possession damn near. Let me ask you this. Do you remember who I said was the key piece for Miami? That if this player is firing on all cylinders, Miami can go as far as they want? Isaiah Wong. And who was the leading scorer in this game? Isaiah Wong. I mean, ladies and gentlemen... This is why you come to Locked On ACC. We're going to tell you what it is, what it ain't, what it could be, and what it can't. But seriously, Miami played a, a an excellent game. Lord Nigga has got those guys playing absolutely amazing ball. And the interesting thing about Auburn in this game is not only did they seem a little flat, but they just couldn't hit shots at all. They had wide-open shots that during the season, you count them. You, during the season – if you see some of those players have the shots that they had wide open, you instantly know, oh, man, you left Auburn open on the perimeter. That was good. And it just did not happen for whatever reason. So, you know, I, I think that Miami, again, they played a great game. 
There is no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There is no uh, disrespecting disrespecting what what uh, Miami did here. But Auburn definitely did not help themselves out uh, missing everything. They they couldn't throw a rock in the ocean from the beach, and that's that's never going to be a a, a um, that's never going to be a strategy for success in this time. Like that's just the reality. That's just the reality. You're not going to see teams shooting poorly from everywhere on the floor, darn near, and still coming out with a win at this time of the year. A hundred percent. Let's talk about these ladies here for just a second. But all built bars, it's time to get in on that action this time of year. We know you're watching March Madness. You will love a delicious treat. We'll have you tried puffs. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of built bars, best tasting bars. Part puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallow. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. They're 100% covered in real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy yummy cinnamon, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, and so much more. These are going to be your new favorites. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order by using, again, promo LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And as college basketball tournament is finally rolling, we want to make sure that you have all the latest odds, contests, and player props at BetOnline.net, the number one source for all of your sporting needs and info. BetOnline remains your source for sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline continues to be your source for all the sports raging information, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. So we're wrapping up the show here with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack, and we would be remiss if we did not touch on the ladies who picked up big wins over the weekend. We'll talk about NC State beating Longwood handedly, North Carolina having a close matchup against SF Austin, Notre Dame, Olivia Miles. Man, she is going to be so incredible when she gets going as she builds into these years of her career. 89-78 win over UMass, and then you saw South Carolina beat Miami. You know, it's okay. Miami had a great season for what they did. And Louisville picking up the win against Gonzaga. So as much as people talk about junk, the women's tournament, there have been some pretty good upsets. There have been some close matchups. There have been some dominating performances. We've seen that on the ACC side. And I just am excited to see how it all goes down today for some of our teams. You know, I, I when you talk about um, what what these teams have done in the tournament so far, we talked about how good the ACC was all, all this year. And some of these games that you're looking at, there were some upsets. You had um, Virginia Tech losing, obviously. You had uh, some things like that happening. But all in all, I mean, you're looking at a, a potential Sweet 16 where you're going to have a potential ACC matchup in NC State and Notre Dame. Potential, not saying that that's written in stone or anything like that. You look on the other parts of the bracket, you still got Louisville who – um, you still got Louisville who's looking like they're primed and ready to head on to Wichita. Actually, I believe they're already in. So you, you've got so many teams uh, that are either right there or already in. You got UNC going up against Arizona who, let's be honest, they survived a little bit against Stephen F. Austin, but that's the name of the game at this time of the year. You don't have to be firing on all cylinders offensively and defensively. You just have to come away with the W, and they did. And that's that's what matters at this time of the year. So uh, I think that both are uh, both the men and women of the ACC are truly putting on a show and and really doing some some great things as far as uh, making it happen and and getting into getting into the territory of, hey, 
when you look around at the Elite Eight, when you look around at the Sweet 16, we're going to have to be, by volume, numerically, one of the better conferences. You cannot avoid us and say, oh, this is what they are or are not, because we're here. Absolutely. So the Monday matchups, you'll see Kansas State taking on NC State at 4 o'clock on ESPN. be the last time that the Wolfpack women go out in Reynolds. Notre Dame will take on Oklahoma at 6 on ESPN2. Then we'll see North Carolina, as you mentioned, taking on Arizona at 10 p.m. Really good matchups there. And, of course, I'm always for, you know, teams having great seasons. And I think, you know, it just speaks to how well the ACC, who was looking a little shaky in the beginning when it comes to the women's tournament, has delivered for us. And we'll see how that kind of rolls towards the end of the week. But overall, very strong performances from the ACC. Can't be truly disappointed. Even with close games, you know, it didn't necessarily go the ACC's way. We have seen our conference be put through the ringer and been talked so down about down years, bad years. Cut the narrative. I don't even know if we can say that anymore ever again. Because at the end of the day, when the lights are on and everyone's telling you to step up, the ACC's teams have delivered. Absolutely. And like I said, this we're people are talking about, uh, well, NC State, Longwood hung in the game with NC State. If you watch that game, Longwood was shooting like Steph Curry in the All-Star game. They were pulling from distances where if they make it, you tip your cap. And guess what? In that first quarter, you had to just tip your cap. They were making some amazing shots. The second quarter, NC State outscored them 23 to 6. Was not an accident. All of a sudden, those rainbow shots stopped falling. And you know what happens as a result of that? Long rebounds. You get out and run. You make it happen. You look at UNC and Stephen F. Austin. That was a game where Stephen F. Austin came at UNC with a bunch of different defensive looks that they all executed decently. But somehow, UNC kept finding Daisy Kelly as the finisher in their ball movement, and she was knocking them down. She was hot as fish grease and got it done. So that's that on that. And again, these these teams that we're looking at, we're looking at a potential uh, Sweet 16 matchup where we have two ACC teams in NC State and Notre Dame. That Oklahoma team can fill it up, but Notre Dame has shown when they're firing at their highest clip, there is not too many teams in the country that can keep up. That that's just the reality of what we're looking at there. And so um there's to say that this ACC, to say the ACC women have been a disappointment uh because of certain upsets or certain teams not going deep. I would just like to say, well, what level were you expecting? Were you expecting every ACC team to make it to the Sweet 16? Because that's not realistic. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry. Even if you want to argue that the SEC is the, the best uh conference in women's basketball. Show your work. LSU yeah. barely survived against Jackson State, a, a very good Jackson State team, but a 14 seed nonetheless. They were probably wrongly seeded. You've got um, you've got a multitude of other teams like Ole Miss who were taken out in the first round by the likes of South Dakota. So show your work. Show me how you you came to the conclusion that the ACC is not one of, if not the best women's basketball conference. A hundred percent agree. Kenton, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at LO underscore Wolfpack. You can also find me at Locked On Wolfpack, wherever you're listening to this podcast. No doubt. Guys, come back tomorrow as we preview some of the games heading into the weekend with JJ Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. For Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs, until next time.